Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We are more than music. We bring you your future favorite artists today, and today we go to Dillon, South Carolina to meet Jerusalem, a singer slash rapper who believes that the message is just as important as the beat. How many people are giving us introspective and deep conversations in their music? Well, this artist for sure is with his single and video out right now, America, and his project, Hidden Treasures, and the cover art is Bananas. He believes that art and music make statements and that the statements made in music have to match the times that we're living in. Pay attention to this one, everybody, because this is a good one. And I would love for you to consider, is your music feeding your mind, your body, and your soul? Let's talk to Jerusalem and see what he says about all of that. Stay tuned, and I'll be back with the rest of my commentary. And welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce you to your future favorite artist today. And today, we're going to have a great conversation with an artist that gives you perspective as well as deep meaning. Sometimes deepness is controversial because you're not right within yourself. Please tell them who yourself is. Yo, this is Jerusalem, Peace and Prosperity Radio World. All right. Let's get into it because I've been wanting to have this talk with you for a good while, and I'm glad that I finally get the chance to talk to you. What's so, good, man? What did I do wrong now? What, my mouth uh, got me in trouble? No, not at all. Uh, what I wanted to talk to you about is perspective. And I okay. want people to understand who you are so that they can get what you are. Tell me about where you come from and how your area defines your voice. Um, I come from a place, little place in South Carolina called Dillon. Um, the area probably defines my voice mostly because my whole family does music, grandfather and did quartet. So um, it's like I think that the, the best thing that happened to me was when I came a chance, when I had a chance to really come out and do music on my own, that the people from my city expected expected it to be good, and they hold me to a certain standard because of the mark that my family left. So I mean, I, I enjoy, I embrace it, man, and I'm kind of glad that they laid that foundation for me to be able to set a high standard for my music. Is there anybody in your family everybody would know? Um, I have a cousin named Regina McCoy who just dropped uh, a single with Anthony Hamilton. Okay. So if you get a chance to check, check that out, man, um, she did some stuff with Donna McClurkin a couple of years ago. I have the weirdest family in the world. I have people that have major opportunities, but they don't really chase it like that. If it happens, it happens. They'll fall into it, do it for a little while, fall back out. Like I have a cousin doing the um, Otis Redding tribute at Myrtle Beach. Every been doing it now for about seven, eight months. Hmm. Every weekend. So I mean, it's, it's what we do, man. It's not something like when I say my whole family. I mean granddaddy, uncles, aunts, cousins, third, fourth generations, music teachers, horn players, um, any instrument you can name. We got a family member sitting on it, and we're self-taught before they went to school to. Master the master the craft of it. So, like I say, man, it's a lot. It's, for me, it's a lot to have to um, live up to mm-hmm. because it's not like people can guess who my family is. Like, oh, once once I say the last name, it's automatic. So, 
I, I think I just I love that part of it, man. Sorry if it took so long to get to where we were going. No, nah, that's dope. No, that's that's dope because that's kind of where we're gonna go with this because sometimes good music comes from a place that you don't even know exists. Am I correct? Mm. You're correct. And sometimes when we find music, we find messaging that we didn't even know that was there. So perspective, when it comes to music, is not only what defines how we listen to it, but why we listen to it. Do you agree? Why and who we listen to, I definitely agree. So tell me about a time where you made music and the room stopped and everybody had to see who it was making that sound or giving air to something to a beat. Well, see, I'm a, I'm a former R&B artist. Like I said, my whole family sings. So I, we had an R&B group we were working with, Leon Silver, who worked with Shalomar and Babyface. And we did Shy Song at Highwood University, man, and the, the whole room, I'm talking about the whole room with silence for like four minutes until the song was over, standing ovation and everything. I think that's the time that, that's the first time I realized that music can really make you pay attention because it's be sung acapella. So, um, and it, and it set a move that, that, that lets you know, like, wow, this is, this is really what I want to do right here, man. I, I mean, it stopped the whole room. And we, and we're not from there. So it's kind of our first time singing out of town. We six hours away from home. So to get that response from people that don't know you, which was identical as the same response at home, because every time we sing at home, it's like the harmonies. We had intricate harmonies. We were church kids that grew up. Like I said, we were in the quartet our whole life. So, Doing music the right way was very important to us. To the point where we were singing harmony and people would just be like amazed that the harmony was so tight. So yeah, I think the Howard University show really did it for me. Shout out to Howard University, because that's one of our institutions, HBCU stand up. Um and singing for your own and your own crowd, whether you're near or far, is very, very important. And we take it for granted because a lot of people make music and feel they should be like, they should be known, they should be this, or they should be that. Not understanding acceptance of your sound is harder than just producing your sound. You agree? Yeah, because you got to think, man, when you're going to do a show, you're going to do a show to a bunch of people who have no idea who you are. Mm -hmm. And they've been grooving the music that they've been listening to that they know of artists all day long. So you're, you're judged on the basis of, What's programmed for people to like? So first of all, I have to break the program. You know what I'm saying? So I just go in, man, when it's time to do shows as confident as I know I, I, I can do what I do really good. Um, whether it's accepted or not, I can't really harp on that because I can't accept it for you. You know what I'm saying? All I can do is give you, give you the best I got and give you everything I got and hopefully that's good enough in your genre, in, in your earbuds, what you like that you can enjoy it. See, today's music now isn't even about acceptance. It's about a high. Mm, and I, th I think a lot of great, not great, let me, let, me, let me pull that back. A lot of participants and good artists today in music right now aren't even looking to be great. And that's why the messaging and the soul of the music has died so prolifically. How do you feel about that statement? Or do you, or do you agree or disagree with me? I, I definitely think the soul of music has um, dissipated. 
Um, for, for one, it's kind of hard for a person to tell you they got soul if they're not operating in, in the being of who they are. Um, you got a lot of copycats, and, 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 and they can copy real good, trace real good, but you'll never get authentic soul from a person that's not authentic themselves because they haven't really tapped into who they are to, uh, to give you the message of the music that is deep within them. So I, I definitely agree with that statement. I think what it comes down to is how do we find good music? And that's the point. Like I said, perspective. Because a lot of people hear music nowadays and they go, they, they think every everything now, especially if you follow the mainstream, everybody thinks music is drill, everything is misogynistic, or music is just something that it's just overdone. You know, features on every song, the same messaging. We have men now fighting women in music because the women are dancing to every ratchet song and men are not looking for that. And we have women who saying men aren't loving enough for them, but, but, but they're looking for love. I think there's so much confusion that people are singing about the pain and not dealing with the reality of what life is. Do you agree? In my, in, in my study of music, man, what, what I, what I have found out is, um, we, we, if we was just enjoying the music, that would be one thing. But, and like in today's time, we get so entangled in the artist's life that it's, mm-hmm. it's I, I, I can like the artist. I don't really care what the music they're doing. I'm so in love with the artists and the movement that they're doing that I haven't paid attention. Like, I studied the Aretha's and the Gap bands and the, you know, the uh, main ingredients, the artists of those days. And there were really no videos. So you like what you heard. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm you didn't know enough about an artist like back then to uh, really dive into who the artist was. It was all about their music, and mm-hmm. we are so taken away from the music of the music till it's kind of hard to really find what you enjoy because everything, like you said, is so saturated. This is the type of music at the time. It's the drill music, and this is what's hot. And you know what I'm saying? Like I asked myself the other day, when had, when is the last time I had a pure thought without the influence of radio, without the influence of TV, without the influence of people saying this is what's hot right now? Like something that. I genuinely like, and I think if people really sat down and wrote down what do I like based on me or based on society, they would be really shocked that they're not having a lot of likeness to themselves. It's always what somebody else thinks of. And that's why I say there's a lot of participants, in, especially in hip-hop culture, there's a lot of participants. I don't think there's a lot of true artists anymore. I think a lot nah. of people I think a lot of people are doing it because it's hot. They're not doing it because it comes from the soul. And that's why we can't get pure hip-hop. When we say what's wrong with hip-hop, that's what it is. It's a popularity thing now. It's nothing to do with music. Um, I remember that hip-hop, you wouldn't come, you wouldn't consider yourself an MC if you couldn't rhyme. You wouldn't even open your mouth because it was so difficult to do that. You, you kind of put MCs on a pedestal because they were putting words and phrases together that you just couldn't do. I'm a singer and it made me want to rhyme. I mean, I had to let go singing for you. Man, it was, it was a time I was rhyming so long people forgot or didn't even know that I sing because I wouldn't even display that part of my talent. That's how in love with hip-hop I became. And I come from a family of singers. I mean, so hip-hop is it, 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 a very drawing mechanism, man. It just, it just doesn't draw. Um, well, I can't I say it doesn't draw. I say at this time it's not drawing people who are so connected. It's more trendy right now. And you know what? I'm glad you said that because I think hip-hop is our expression of God's grace, glory, wisdom, and honor through how we express 
ourselves in joy and also in the life that we live. That's what I actually, that's what I actually believe. And I believe when real hip hop comes from the heart and the soul, it's something that's so deep that your message, your praise, your, 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 your defining of the culture is not something that only comes out when you dance or you listen to it. It's something that you believe, you feel, and you live. Tell me about the song America, because I wanted to start from there and go kind of back and forth with you on, on many things that you have in your catalog. Shout out to Jerusalem. His albums and, um, and um, music is out right now. We don't believe in streaming or heritage hip-hop. We believe in purchasing. And this is an artist that, if you're looking for someone who's going to give you more than just what's hot today, they're going to give you something with perspective and continuity, this is an artist I think you should check out. Um, America, which you have a video for. It's been out for a minute. Tell me about America and why did America bring that out of you? Um, man, I mean, everybody know the pandemic hit. Um, police brutality was going on, and I, I was in the middle of a conversation, and um, we the, the person I was talking to was talking to me like America as a person. Like, he kept saying, America needs to do this, and America needs to do that. And I was like, brother, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> it's really not America. It's the people in America. So I said, okay, if they're going to portray America as a person, I'm going to write about America as a person. Tell me, do you like what you see? This is the kind of stuff that I do. This is what's going on in America. So if, you know, um, I, I just want people to start understanding the only way America's going to change is if the people change. And that's what really invoked that song to make them think a little bit. I mean, I, one line I said in the song is we bitching about the system that we literally support. Like we're talking all this trash about the system, but we're making sure that it still runs. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of stuff I wanted to put into America to let, uh, kind of, to let us know that we're the problem and not America. You know what I'm saying? I can't blame America. It doesn't have a conscience. It it's not a physical being. It's an idea. So we, we, we spend our time fighting about an idea without getting to the real, like you say, the reality of the situation. So that's what America did for me. That's why I wanted to write it. So and understanding what you said, I want to ask you something. Because America yeah. is an ideal or idea, right? Right. I want to ask you, if, if, if the if the idea comes from schizophrenia, <laughs> how how do we how do we how do we conquer a broken mind to make and make a, a, a solid or a, make a spirit of a community in solidarity? Uh, you said the key word. First of all, we got to understand that it's broke. You know, you, you got people that who 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 really believe in the American dream. Which I, I laugh at all the time because at some point. A dream has to become reality, mm -hmm. and we, we're so caught. I mean, we we we're just caught up in the. I, first of all, I tell people, um, like I told my pops, um, you have to kind of remember that we we didn't teach ourselves this. And as much as we want to blame the enemy, a lot of our teachings come from the inside of our family, of people who were taught by people who didn't understand or couldn't even read. They just took what they heard and passed it on from generation to generation. And the first thing we have to do is break that cycle. Um, the cycle of me not wanting to let you know this is a mess of the world we live in and this is what happened. This is what we have to fight against. And um, the school system is just important to fighting against racism. Like we don't tie the whole system together. We pick and choose what parts of the system benefits our fight instead of understanding it's the whole, like you said, the whole system is broke. 
And that's the first thing we have to come to the conclusion of. See, yeah. See, when I look at the cover art of your stuff, you have um, a lot of, like, mind-blowing visuals. And then when you listen to the song, it goes, oh, that's what he's doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Babylon Fall with Lady Liberty. You have America with the big fiery smoke cloud behind it. You know what I'm saying? Even and, the black and, and white what? picture that you have for hidden treasures. I mean, it's statement piece. That's you mean you mean back in the day, like I said, I study I studied the game. Like back mm-hmm. in the day album covers told a story. Mm-hmm. So when I was coming up with like everybody was like, yo, you gotta put out a couple album covers, I started going back looking at seventies mm-hmm. album covers because they're, they're the greatest album covers in the world to me, yo. Like they need to have a collector's edition of seventies albums because it tells the you look at the cover, man, and it almost tells you the whole story of the song or the album that's coming out at the time, so that's where that comes from. Um, I can't say that, oh, this is a great idea I came up with. It came, it came out from studying our ancestors and, you know, what the greatest before us did. That's, that's a, a visual impact. I wanted to hit them with a visual impact to make them want to know, what in the world is he talking about with all this smoke going on behind America? So I appreciate that analysis, man. Well, this is real hip-hop here. <laughs> it's not about only what you talk about. It's also the visuals that you give off as well. You see what I'm saying? I, I see that. I see. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a visual person, though. I feel like if people see it, they get it a lot better. But that's, the thing, and that's my problem. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My plan is to do a video for every song on the album, but I don't want to just do a video. I'm, I'm, like you said, I want to give them something visual to remember. Okay. But see, that's my problem with today's slavery. I mean, streaming services. That we don't get. We don't get the pictures. We don't get the oh, inside wow. line of art. We don't get the produced by, a song by, composed by. We don't get that. We just get the raw. This is what it is. And because today's society is based off of, I want it now. The food is undercooked. The music is malnourished, and the soul is not being fed. Mm. How do we how do we change that and give people a complete meal instead of a half cooked appetizer that does nothing but leads you to wanting the next thing? Well, I'm taking the um, the very good of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to take my band and a couple of acts I know on on this road that we would call the Chicken Circle, <laughs> and let people be able to see what we're doing. Because I think if, like, if they see it, they'll want it. And our problem is, um, we, we, I, like I tell my band, you can't wait on the big break. You got to be the big break. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be the, so my, my, I, the vision I see is taking them back on the road. Motown had the perfect vision as far as I'm concerned is getting artists seen. I take a bunch of good artists on the road and I give you a show that can't nobody give you. You're going to remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think, or I mean, me personally, I don't see any great performers in hip hop anymore. It, like hip hop used to be lyrical, but those those MCs could also perform very well. And what what, what we have done, I think, in, in hip hop is we took the entertainment out of hip hop because everybody want to keep it real. Which I don't see how in the world you keep it real with something that's entertaining. I'm saying my life should match my music, of course, um, but a, a lot of people trying to keep it so real. I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna keep it real to the entertainment value has left. That's why hip-hop is not as exciting as it used to be. Because even our hard MCs, our method man, Big Daddy came. Big Daddy was dancing on stage. That didn't make right. him look no less hard. You know what I'm saying? That didn't make him look no less like a G. 
but you can't find that in artists today because I have to hold up a certain image, and that's, I'm telling you, the entertainment value has left the building. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause we got to the twerk, we got to the, we're, we're actually coming out of the, the twerk, um, the twerk phenomenon. Cause I think okay. the city girls are, are starting to die out. I think Meg Thee Stallion keeps us, keeps it alive. Um, shout out to them. No disrespect. Cause you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for that as well. But I think. There's no balance though. There's no that's balance. right. That, that's what I was getting my to. Problem, the balance, I tell people, my problem is not that, you know, that music is prevalent, that music is a lot of airplay, that music is more well-known than country music. It's my problem. It's, it's no better. You don't give the people the choice to decide. Mm. Mm. We're talking to Jerusalem on the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. Like I said, everybody, we're talking about perspective, and we're going to talk consciousness, because when you make music that um, touches the consciousness of the people, you force people to think, and too many people today don't want to think. So, sir, let me ask you this question. The the mind was called a terrible thing to waste. And now, (laughs) and and now in today's society, the mind is the tool often not used. What do you think it takes to turn the mind on instead of turning the mind off? Um, Real people, man. Um, and And I know that sounds cliche. Uh, everybody wants to be real, and, and it probably is true. Everybody does want to be real, but if um, like when I would say, I mean, I told somebody this yesterday, I couldn't just go on the block when I was young. It was gatekeepers that made sure, uh, whether they whether they was misleading or not, they made sure that I didn't get on the block and then did not know what was going on. Um, but I didn't get on the block first of all, and my parents didn't know that I was out there. <laughs> And I was old enough to be out there trying to learn what I'm trying to learn. What I'm saying is there are no gate, there are no real gatekeepers to tell us the truth instead of people trying to direct us to a conscious state. Once I, I find out, once you get in this business, man, everything is a business conversation. You know what I'm saying? There, there is no friendly conversations or, hey, let's build this together and go make our community. Everything is about how you can make somebody else money. You don't even really have time to get on a conscious level if you're not already there. Mm. That's deep. So, you know, you know why that's deep. Oh, I don't want to cut you off. I'm sorry, but that's deep because you're really telling me that community is dying for the for the for the love for the desire of me. And it's true. I mean, bro, we got a a million millionaire basketball players that come from the project, but it's the same project that they left from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, at what point are we going to start investing in? community centers in our community. At what point are we going to start investing in educational systems in our community? Like, at what point are we going to do that? And, and I think some okay. people are doing it, though, don't you think? Uh, not uh, on a large scale, but people are starting to turn that corner, right. don't you think? Yeah, not on a large scale, but, yeah, I, I, I do agree that people are, are, are attempting to turn that corner. But the people are so, so far gone that it can't be in spurts. It got to be something that they see on a consistent basis because that's the only way we're going to get it. We learn a rhythm. And once you throw the rhythm off, I got to relearn all over again. That's why it's so difficult when the kids get out of school for the summer and have to go back. The teacher will start back with the last thing they started learning right before school was out because I, I got to get your rhythm back on. I know you're not, I'm not, I can't teach you nothing new because you're not even in the, in the rhythm of learning at this point. So let's right. do some muscle memory type stuff. 
and we don't. I mean, that's just something we don't have. Hip hop is the only game that you're taught to disrespect the older heads. Oh, they need to sit down. Oh, they don't know no more. Oh, the game them passing by. Elton John is probably still one of the most paid artists getting paid to do shows that I know of. He got me pushed to seven seventy five. Willie Nelson is still selling out country shows. You don't hear country artists say, man, Willie Nelson needs to give it up and make room for the younger artists. No, because I'm learning as a younger artist how when I get 70, I can still be making money doing this. I'm not just cool oh, and say, oh, this is what I used to do. And I can remember a time when I was. No, it's older artists showing you that this time could be to the time you die. They don't have to be a break or you too old. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of nuances within ourselves that we need to change because we're so programmed to think like the enemy that we put that on our own people. You know what? And I'm, I'm glad you said that because you and your music kind of represents the ideal of the chain because most of the artists that's actually turning that you're too old to do this and you're too old to do that are the 90s rappers because they're the ones still touring. They're the ones right. still putting money, getting money by putting things out. And I had a conversation with MC Shan, and he said for the 80s generation that they won't do it because it's far gone for them. They're not going to learn the technology. They're not going to do it, and they don't want to do it anymore. And for the people who still want to do it, they're making like Like, look at Nas doing tracks with the younger generation. Look at uh, Jay-Z who'll come out and poke his head out every now and then and do something. Coogee Rap does stuff for 38 Special. You know? And, I mean, that's that's what it takes to keep that ageism, which I call Rehoboamism, out of the game, is the respect will always be given to those who actually give back and actually those who look to receive on a, on a, fair, on a fair exchange. You know? And that kind of reminds me of your song, Lion. Tell me about the song, Lion, and how being a lion is like the the mark of excellence for a young man or young woman. Um, you know, we all know the lion is the king of the jungle. Um, and I tell people the lion is the king of the jungle. That he don't even have to hunt for his own food. So um, what the lion taught me about is in the jungle, it's about building a team. I can be the king but not have to do, and at the same time, everybody in the kingdom still is satisfied. Um, I wrote the line because at home, like, I've been nice at home for a minute, and, you know, <laughs> forgive the, forgive the, my pen is arrogant, but I'm not. I, I tell people that all the time. And the talk around town started becoming who the new kids on the block and who was the hottest kids on the block, and I noticed my name was not being mentioned. I'm not arrogant for you to mention my name, but oh, y'all want the lion to come, y'all want the lion to step off the throne and walk through the jungle and still show y'all, I still got lion ability. I'm real cool, revolutionary, laid back, I don't get in beef, I don't really club a lot or be on that scene like I used to, but don't think that the lion ain't, can't still run his kingdom. So, the lion follows more of a, uh, attack song than a psychological song. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't thinking in psychological terms, um, I'm, I got to tell people, I'm an MC first. So when you start talking about you a better MC, as an MC, my job going to always be like, let's see. We don't got to talk about it. We just go to the studio right now and put the pen to the paper, come back out, let's see what happens. That's, that's the MC in me. So and, I, and and that's what happened with the Lions in the Jungle. Uh, they brought the MC in me out. It wasn't no, it wasn't no teaching moment. It wasn't no, 
Yeah, when it's game time, they show. I am the one of them holding the rope. I got a photo, believe it or not. I was talking about being an MC at the time. But see, that is a teachable moment because you can't say <laughs> people are too. We can't say, well, you old. It's past you, and you can't surpass the people that's in front of you. Correct. And see, that's my problem. I don't got no mind with you telling problem with you telling somebody that they need to get out of the game if they need to get out of the game. <laughs> Right. If, if if Michael Jordan game is has depleted so he can't give you but eight points a game, yeah, he needs to go. But if he's still giving you forty points a game, what's the problem? The problem is people we let people dictate what's hot to us instead of us saying what's hot to us. Am I, am I correct? I to the, you're absolutely right. That's why I don't listen to the trends that's going on. Um shout out to Scott Skyland Music Group, man, because um he gave me some really good advice. And um, he was like, bro, it's an audience out there. And I think sometimes that we try to tap into audiences that that's not ours. Like, I don't, I don't have no business going to a uh, drill drill scene audience. That's not my audience. I didn't want to hear what I got to say. And I got to respect that enough that it doesn't bother me so I can continue to do good music. You know what I'm saying? As artists, we have to let the ego down sometimes. Like, Yo, everybody's not going to like my music. You don't like everybody cooking. That's why you don't go to, the, to everybody's restaurant. You go to certain restaurants with what you like. You know what I'm saying? So I can't get mad because a person not feeling what I'm doing. I have to accept we're not in the same space, and that's not a that's not a bad thing. You know what's funny about what you said? Let's take it to another level. You have a song called Analyze This, correct? Indeed. Indeed. Tell me, well, you went tell later. Me, oh, yeah, of course. Tell me about analyze this, and we're gonna bring it up to speed with what you just said. I think I think that's one with the Nas sample and the um, Barack Obama sample, right? Let's talk about it. Yeah, I, the, the backstory of that is that comes off the uh, the, the uh, mixtape Unemployed, right? I was with a, I was with a group at the time, and they kind of jerked me on some money. So um, that was my free agent CD, and analyze this became like um, I'm trying to think of a rhyme I said on there. Ooh. <laughs> Wow, you went back, yo. <laughs> um, I wanted to show people that, like, cause I'm, I mean, I'm a big Nas fan. Elias actually produced on the project. He did the Babylon Fall track. So um, I, I've always wanted to have Nas in the hook. And at the time, I was like, yep, we, Barack was the president. So I thought, I'm like, yo, this is perfect, you yeah. um, That song, probably that whole album, was was about me showing I could stand on my own. And alive me, can't even me. Plenty of us to sabotage me. You think you're nice to me? I dropped like I should have. Yep, I was trying to show that on my own I'm nice. Because I had just did it with a uh, with a group I was with. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's probably one of my favorite songs of all time, too, man. That's Let's, talk Let's get into it because that's what I mean. When people um take the time to see the struggle or their journey or hear the story, we can't call people too old because in history – they said an elder is a living library, and when the elder dies, it's like somebody burning down your your library history, and things are not being told or expressed in a way where we are growing from it. You see what I'm saying? See, my, and, and plus, I, I, I was maybe, I want to say this, maybe not the youngest in the rap group that I had, it was six of us, but I still go back to them, like, before I drop, it's important to me that they like it first. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's the foundation. That's what taught me. Like, like I said, I was a singer. I sat around these guys. And I didn't know what 16 bars was. I didn't know what you write 16 didn't hit from the hook. I didn't know what ad-libs were. I didn't know what any of that was. So those were the guys that taught me the elements of hip-hop. 
My producer was from Jersey. He was an 18-year-old guy. We had moved down here from Jersey. So I've learned the elements of hip-hop from real MC. So when it's time for me to drop, I take it to them first. Yo, I need to have a listening party with y'all, blah, blah, blah. Let's get together. And that's how that goes. Um, and I feel like if I satisfy them because they're MCs, if I satisfy them first and make them go, ooh, I, oh, my God, you said that, then I know I'm working on a pretty dope project. Maybe crazy how I judge my projects, but I won't put it out if they're not feeling See, and that's the journey that makes being seasoned in anything dope. But I want to ask you this. Let, let, let's, let's, let's play devil's advocate, all right? All right. Today, you're a better artist than when you were when you first started, correct? Definitely. I'm a more seasoned artist. I wouldn't say better. I, I would say I know how to execute what I was doing better. Okay. Um yeah, I would say I, I'm, I can execute it more. Um, okay. Let's flip it then. If you, as the artist you are today, can go back to yourself on the state of awareness. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're going to make me go back and listen to all these projects. You got to stop it, yo. You got to even say this. That is crazy, yo. Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> But but if you had to go back and talk to yourself on the state of awareness um, project, how would you make yourself see that your potential was bigger than the project you put out? Um. Wow. Yo, speak. I have to take that back. The state of awareness probably is shout out to Black Snow, um, the dopest project. Um, that was a project that was going to have us on our way. I'm gonna tell. You, I saw the potential in that project. I just got locked up at the time. Okay. We had our concerts planned. Um, me and Snow sat down every day. Like, that's, that's one of my, that's one of my homies. He was the hottest MC at home and I hadn't been home for like seven years. So when I came home, like everybody was like, yo, y'all need to do a project together. He's my favorite MC of all time, by the way. All um, right. I mean, on, on any scale, you ask me who my artist is, it's Black Snow. That's, that's, that's that dude. So first of all, it was an honor to be on track with him. And we were both in, different rap groups when we came in the game together end up going so the only artist out of the group that still be doing music both had nice little solo careers um so it was kind of at the same time a potential rivalry while we putting this cd together because i can't let my crew down he can't let his crew down his crew talking about who's gonna have the hottest verses my, so the buzz in the city was like ah, i can't wait and i got locked up man i got locked up i got locked up before we could do I think we have we were in like four or five shows deep, and I ended up getting locked up for like nine months. So that killed that project. I mean, it literally killed that project. The momentum and everything was gone after that. So yeah, it's a bittersweet project, but I, I I tell people it's the most fun project I've ever worked on. Number one, because I don't have to write the whole song. I write sixteen to be good. So that, and I learned a lot from working with another MC of how they approach because. When you start working with other people, you start to find out um, everybody don't approach it the same way you approach it. So you start to appreciate um, people's projects a lot more because now you know what they went to to get to the project and the perfection that they got to. And I thought it was just, I use a lot of tactics that I learned from that project now to this day. Hey, man, salute to, salute to your growth, man. Salute to the other MC on there. But. Yeah, man, Black Snow, growth. But but yeah. see, that's what makes what goes back to what I said earlier, the community and your voice 
coming together and making purpose and making conscious decisions, continuity and choice come from the music that you listen to. Because when I listen to songs like Kingdom, Babylon Fall, The Lion, Papa Did It, which are all available right now on Hidden Treasure for everybody listening, go check that out. There's a man there talking about life in a way that the average person who doesn't listen for anything is either going to be shocked by or they're going to open their minds to. And I said before in another interview I did that when hip-hop lost its 5% base as a forefront of it, we lost a lot of what elevating the mind could do within hip-hop. Indeed. And, and, and see, my like, my approach to life is different. I tell people, like, a lot of hip-hop artists have a story of their mom raised them by themselves. You know, my mine is different. My mom ended up leaving and my pops ended up raising me and my two brothers and sisters. So my whole outlook and approach on life is different because it's totally from a man's perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have time to be weak and blah, 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 because first of all, I was the oldest. So when that happened, I had to grow up, like, quick, quick, quick. So my perspective on life and how to approach it and what to look for comes different because my every lesson is from my pops at the age of where lessons matter. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I could be around artists that I know were, were raised around a woman, and when we get in conversations, I can tell because our outlook is different. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's mainly I'm, I tell people I have, I, have, I have a story that's probably never been told. There's not too many Black men that was just raised by a black single father. That's that's not the norm or the story going around. So I think that helped a whole lot with how I see things. Because um, like I told people, first of all, I've been I've been hurt by the most important woman you can ever be hurt by in your life. Mm-hmm. So my whole outlook towards women growing up at first was something totally my approach to them. I talked to them, um, you know, was totally different. Because it's going to be hard for you to hurt me. I've, I've already been hurt to the point where, you know, what you do really ain't going to matter. So um, I want to get that story out. That's why Papa did it. It's probably, uh, probably a song that's probably dear to my heart because it really, it's really dedicated to Pops and, and the right. things that he did. And, you know, we came out of the ice. Word. Yeah. Salute to Pops. Salute. Yeah, salute to Pops. It says, honor your mother, your father and mother the many days of your life. Well, at the end of the day, it seems like men are always forgotten in the honor part because people, people always want to uh, make it seem like the man is always not there. Now, unfortunately, there are those who will disappear, but there are many men who step up to the plate and want to salute your father, what you're saying that right now. All right? Salute the pops. I mean, I mean, me and mom feel super tight now, you know, but Good. I, I tell people the reality is I'm that way because pops made me that way, you know. Alright. So here's a, is this, because this is a hip hop show, I have to ask the burning question that people may want to know. And the burning question is, how does the music translate to your story so you're getting your message across and not letting people just listen to the beat? Um, I try to show the, 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 the message in my story in my everyday walk. You know, um, being in my community, um, helping my, like we're about to do a, a basketball tournament for them, I think it's October 2nd. Yeah, October 2nd. I'm giving back to the community. Um, I come from a town where it's unbelievable to be able to become somebody. So I want to show them that you don't got to go to a big city to do it. You can put, you can put your mind to it right here and do what you need to do. Um, 
We're also honoring our, like I said, my grandparents come from a, a, a musical family, so it's a couple of quartet groups around here that we're going to do a, a showcase for and honor them because I'm tired of people giving us our legends when I think we can build our own. Like, we all got legendary people in our family, whether they made um, what we call success a successful life or not. I mean, my granddad had a quartet group for 50 years, so something successful was going on within that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, man, showing up people that you can honor people right here in your community. And, and, and you can be good with that. Like, that could be your purpose to inspire other people in your community to become great. And that's, that's just where I'm at with it in life, man. I, I want to show them that there's, there's greatness in you. And, um, it's up to you to go out there and get it. Now that's a fact. So before we walk off, I have a couple more questions before we go into the second part of the interview. And one of the questions is, what is the difference between honor and respect? And how does hip hop do both? Mm. Mm. That's a great question, man. Um, because I think people, I, I, I know they're not the same thing. We, we may treat honor and respect as the same thing, but, um, I think respect is how I treat you when I'm in your presence. You know what I mean? And honor is me not being afraid to put you on the, pe- the pedestal that you deserve to be on. I used to tell him, see, just because I think you're hot does not take away from how hot I think I am. I should be able to acknowledge you and it not strike my ego in a way where, well, he ain't doing what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Yo, if you're nice with it, you're nice with it. And I think that's where the, the honor part comes in. We won't hold. Maybe that's what's wrong with hip-hop. Who, who do we honor in hip-hop? We honor the coffin. We honor the coffin. I think we honor the coffin because almost everything is about how somebody's dying and how you're on you your know yeah. But when I'm in your presence, I can respect you enough to act like I got some sense to treat you like a decent human being. But that still don't mean I honor you of, 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 of your accomplishments and who you are. Mm, good point. How to get that back? Oh, oh man. That's, I mean, cause we, we, we be asking stuff on a global level that, that should automatically take place in the home. Yeah. So to say, to say it got to start in the home sounds so cliche, but that's where it got to start at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you're not tied to that home, man, by the time you got here in the world, it's, you know, you see, it's a whole other ball game. See, hip hop always was the answer to America's racist issues. Um, whether they're political, prejudice, prejudiced, or, um, education wise, even in our food. You know what I'm saying? So if you're American, think about it. If hip hop is that, like, and we don't pay attention to like everything's a plan. So if I know that's gonna set these people free, but I also know I live in a capitalist society, which is which is the first thing we really got to get a hold of. Like just everything is about money. So like these people are telling us nothing about our well being, our growth, our consciousness, our spirituality, none of that. It's all about money. Mm-hmm. So once we once we grasp that idea that this is about the bottom line and not about my life, it's about keeping this engine going. Then mm-hmm. there's our answer right there. It's cap. It's all about capital, man. That's one thing I want my people to understand. I know we need the bag. I know we chase the bag. What you do understand is the bag that got us where we in today. Yeah, they made a yeah. whole bag off us before we got free. So. <laughs> Yeah, I always tell people whenever you try to say chase the bag, you're an asshole or an idiot. And I don't miss my tongue to them. 
Because if you're chasing the bag, that means the bag is getting away. You're running after something that's running away from you. Yeah. And not understanding that you are the bag. <clears throat> but but you're not chasing yourself. You're giving yourself to somebody else willingly to use. So <laughs> I'm saying, like, I'll, I'll just I'll look at what people say and how we live. I don't think a lot, a lot don't. A lot don't because you know what? People just go with the terms of what slang and it becomes a fad instead of a trend. I call it fad setting. Or we'll saying whatever's hot at the time, we're not understanding the words that we use to convey what we're trying to say, you know? Mm. 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 But that's but that, that's 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 for interview number two. We don't gotta do that tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I tell people to reacquaint yourself with the dictionary because you'll be surprised that some words you think mean something. That's not really what it's talking about. So, yeah. Um, we just have to re reacquaint ourselves with learning all over again, man. The key, that's the key. Education is the key. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, because in today's society, people are scared to revisit the past because they don't want to deal with the pain. But the pain is what's going to heal you. You know, like, 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 for instance, the war on the war on the inner city was the war on drugs, because people supplied the inner city and they made money off of the pain of the inner city. And it saddens me that today those effects are still going on because we have famous people dying to drug use. We have people getting killed over drug money. We have drugs becoming legal, and then people who sold them when they were illegal not getting their um not getting expungements because of the color of their skin and the money that it takes to do it or the rules not giving being put out because of the color of your skin or your ethnic background whether you're black brown if you call yourself black or brown you know so people have their names but it's a reality and that's one of the questions i wanted to ask you based on the project that you have because even broken glass talks about these things and walking on broken glass is going to give you some cuts bruises and pains and you're going to get scarred what do you think is the biggest scar america has to pull back that hip-hop is actually pulling on but america is fighting it um the the um the end of the individuality of people okay i think i think that's the main thing that they're fighting is because um it's 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 easy to keep people in line. We got the whole group thinking the same thing, but like people like yourself, like I I will I will consider like scholars. Um, you have new scholars coming out and really piercing the mind of people and making them know it's okay to it's okay to be you. <laughs> you don't gotta like this because everybody. And I think once we break that cycle, y'all, because a person I was I, I don't know if it's getting off subject, but I was talking to somebody and they were talking about yeah we we need to get together and be ready to be free and fight like our ancestors and our slaves, I'd be like, hold up, bro. You do understand, not every slave wanted to be free. Facts. Not every slave fought for freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to get in our mind that, bro, this, the freedom that we want ain't for everybody, and we have to be okay enough with that because some of those people are people that we truly love. Mm -hmm. But freedom ain't for everybody. We are so caught up with the amenities of what a, man, a person to sell you out for a bottle of water if you're trying to be free. Because they thirsty. They don't want to go through the rigor mortis of drinking out the river and because I'm so used to drinking out a cup in a bottle now. So we have to think about all that stuff when it's time to start thinking about how we're going to combat America and, and just know, man, everybody don't want to be free. Every slave won't was not uh, miserable. <laughs> well, that, was, that, that goes to a question. That goes to a question I always ask. I always ask people, what's the difference between liberty and freedom? What do you say? Oh, man. Liberty, uh, Wow. Bro, I never really, see now, 
I'm I'm a person that's not afraid to say I've never really thought of that question. Well, and I'll give you. I can give you what I say, and then you tell me what you think. How about that? Okay. Liberty is the right to do anything you want as long as someone allows you to do it. Freedom is the right to do anything you want because you choose to do it. Mm. Mm. I'd rather be free. Me too. But you have people, like you said, every person on your who looks like you may not be on your side. Look at Larry Elder. <laughs> that guy is a piece of trash, in my opinion. When he said slave owners need reparations because when the slaves, slaves got free, the slave, slave owners lost their property. That pissed me off in a whole nother way. You know what I'm saying? And then when I heard, I saw the interview with Lecrae and the guy from the Christian church, when he said that um, the blessings of slavery, and I was like, what? You know, and Lecrae, and then Lecrae is nodding his head, and then he said he corrected the guy behind closed doors. I'm like, no, you can correct that man in front of everybody. What are you doing? You know, and that's, like I said, that's still following the same plan of, well, they're right, and we're not, so... Or, or that's wrong, but I'm gonna tell you that's not good, boss. We do you do that in, in, in public, I mean in private, and then like, nah, you you not. It's not for you to deal with that. It's for them to deal with that, especially when they're wrong. And that's and that's why I think hip hop is going nowadays because unfortunately we got to a point where being woke is cool, but because we are we're growing we're growing that woke culture, there are going to be some people who are going to become millionaires and do give back to the community. Like, look at LeBron James in his school. Look at Diddy in his school. Look at people trying to create schools and museums to deal with the atrocities and things that we deal with and to better it ourselves. It may not happen on a large scale, but the great Pop once said, he'll spark, he'll say all he can say, but if he can spark one mind to create change, then he did his thing. You agree? I agree. Um, and one thing I, I tell people, man, about revolutionaries, like, depending on the time, you really, um, the net turn of days, the Denmark Vesey days, you didn't really know who the revolutionaries were until it was time to execute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think as I think as revolutionaries of today, we share too much of what we want and who we are because it's easy to combat. But if I don't know who I'm fighting against, or I can't get prepared for what I'm fighting against, when it's time to fight, I'm at a disadvantage. And I think we keep giving out advantage away nowadays. Social media, blah, 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 blah. We want to get the information out. But I think we let out too much. You know what I'm saying the revolutionaries were meeting in the houses, and they were meeting in the woods, hiding in the woods to me because we had to keep this secret <laughs> until it was time to execute. And I don't think we have enough of that going on to move how we need to move. Everybody know everybody move. That's just not the art of war. <laughs> well, for everybody out there that wants to get some lessons on the art of war, Follow Jerusalem on his social media. Give me your social media so they know where to follow you and how to hear your music. Yo, man, if y'all just go to uh, Welcome to Jerusalem, that's Jerusalem with two M's dot O-R-G. You can find everything, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my YouTube. So make sure y'all hit that, Welcome to Jerusalem with two M's dot O-R-G. And that's it right there. So, hey, like I said earlier, we don't believe in streaming. We believe in purchasing the music. So if Jerusalem has a song that you like, or love, make sure you purchase the music because in a world where things are going crazy due to medications, it seems, or wow. the people in power, we have um, we, we, we have a very interesting time. Weather changes, tornadoes, 
floods, snow in Brazil or something that thing that happened at one time. It, it's crazy. So if music helps heal your soul, what's that? I said Nibiru is near. She's near. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it, uh, look, y'all, I, I, basically bottom line is this. If music helps heal your soul, don't rent your music. Own it. Because if the Internet ever went down, and if you don't own your music, you don't own your music. You don't oh, wow. have your music as well. All right? So that's the first part of the interview. Actually, I'm done. I like to play the second part of the interview, which is a game called the Rapid Fire Questions. You down for these Rapid Fire Questions? Yeah, let's go. All right, so the rapid-fire questions are not yes-no questions. These are questions designed to show everybody who you are as an artist, your understanding of hip-hop culture, and who you are in the long run when it comes to leaving a mark. So the first question is this. What artist um, has a song or album that perfectly describes you, and what is that song or album? Ooh, great question. Wow, hard question. Hmm. Um, Lauren Hill, Miss Education Lauren Hill. Um, the song would be uh 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 uh, uh, uh. Mm. what's the first thing we should drop? Funny how money changes the situation, that right there. Oh, oh wow, Mental. okay. You lost ones, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay, why that song? Um, man when I'm I mean, I, first of all I'm a huge, huge, huge Lauren Hill fan. I've always was even when she was a Fuji's and um when she came out with that single, right, I was like, bro, if, you, if you're going to come out talking like, like that, that's how you come out talking. And I mean, I, I love the conversation. She, I think that's the first time I paid attention to a conversation over a beat. She had a real conversation over that beat. Funny how money changed the situation. She went to the whole, I was like, yo, that's how you talk over a beat, yo. So, yeah. Love fun. How, yeah. how you like putting new verse on the new Nas album? I, I mean, I lo- it's Lauren. I mean, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's Lauren. Shout out to Lauren Hill on Heritage Hip Hop. All right, my next question is this. Let's get dirty for a second. Let, let, let's talk about the, 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 the genres. I believe hip hop is harder than R&B, but R&B is harder to execute than hip hop. Do you agree and why? I think uh I would say hip hop because like as I, I was an R&B singer, so I can say this from a singer point of view. If you can sing, that's all that matters. It don't matter what song you sing. You can sing a song, don't nobody know. Yeah, as long as people can sing, man, you got the crowd. But in hip hop, I gotta I gotta make you feel what I'm doing because if I'm doing a song you don't know, I gotta hope the hook good enough to make you want to get some crowd engagement in it. So yeah. um Hip hop harder to execute than 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 R and B if we're dealing with two people on a on a level that's good at what they're doing. Because I could take an unknown singer and an unknown hip hop artist somewhere, and and I'm if the singer is really really good, I can about guarantee they're going to get a better reaction than the hip hop artist. Okay, I like you. I like the way you put it. Because I always thought that I always me just me personally speaking, I always thought that hip hop would be harder because it has more ver- ver- verbiage. And R and B is a little more harder to execute because if you can't sing, you can't you can't you can't get in the you can't even get in the door. Well hip hop people are mumbling <laughs> some in some places and getting and getting and getting chance, which is crazy, you know? But that's 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 all due to popular but think about it. What R and B what new R and B artists you ever heard of like 
There is no R&B male, male R&B artist. I put it that. The mama rap is singing now, so the girls like the tough guy that can sing. So that pushes the guy that can really sing out of the way. Yeah, yeah, R and B, R and B, and and certain forms of hip hop have now um they have they have now blended to the point where everything's just it's confusing. It's kind of I, I mean, really, name me a male hip hop, a male R and B artist that has come out in the past four or five years that's like on the Usher level, Chris Brown level. Kind of hard uh, to find one. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't tell you for the simple fact that number one, I'm not really in the R&B anymore at all, ever, <laughs> because there's not a lot of soul to it. Yeah, there's not a lot of people who sing who can capture my spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been great singers. Period. I'm not going to say there's not, but the music today, especially when it comes to what's labeled as R&B, to me is not R&B. It's either soft hip hop. Or it's a whole other genre, so I don't call it R&B. Well, like, when, like, when people ask, when they ask the question about what be wrong with hip hop, my my counter always is, nah, bro, that's what's wrong with urban music as a whole. Okay. You know, as even the R&B that they call R&B sounds the same, but yeah. I tell people it's the same with gospel music. <laughs> that's the truth. That's fact too. I don't like gospel music for most of the most of the it time. It all sounds the same. I'm, yep. I, so that's me. That's that be my outlook as a whole on the urban music as a whole. It's they don't allow you to. The, the industry doesn't allow you to be creative. This is the sound, and this is the sound we're going with. That's what it is now. There is no creativity because I have to sound like this in order to be heard. So creativity goes out the door. I'm not trying that. to create. I'm trying to copy. So. And that's where we're at. That's the problem we have right now. That's a fact. I mean, not to let anybody think I'm 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 bugged out or something, because I do quote the Bible in my um in my um interviews. I personally don't like gospel music because it's repetitive. It's not refreshing. And then the things that people try to tell me are refreshing is corny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I come I, I come from the understanding when it came to gospel and praising God. That in, in the Bible it said David loved the Most High so much that when they played the music he danced out of his clothes. That's what it said. Yeah. And when his wife, when his wife, was like, "Yo, you look like a fool. What are you doing?" He put her in jail because he said, "You are not going to stand between me and my praise of the Most High." Um, and and now, the writer, man, most, huh? Most of the songs that got me to start from always a place of depression. It starts at depression. And it ends up, you know, bringing you, supposedly bring you out of it. Um, it's like, it's hard for them to write. I can't say them. It's hard to hear songs and go from a place of the, I've never been defeated or in a defeated state of mind. You know what I'm saying? It's always, I'm in a defeated state of mind and I got to get here to get this. Why can't I start from an undefeated state of mind and grow into something more, <laughs> tough? More like God, like that's what they're trying to be in the Bible. You can't start from a defeated state of mind. And that's what most of their songs start from. I was down in something, something, something. And like, word, that's where we got to start from? It's like slavery to me. I got to start from the worst part of my history, yo, that y'all call history. That's what I look like, look, look at it, like, as a writer. I don't want to start from the, I don't want to start from the bottom. It was a time I was up at one time, right, before I fell. So 
That's just me being critical as a writer, man. No, I understand it. I understand. I, I mean, I just don't like the bass lines. They're just saying. Yeah. It's always clap stop, clap stop, clap stop, clap stop, clap stop. Like that, that stuff. And then anything else. But like I said, there's good gospel music out there, everybody. That's what this interview was about. Perspective, conscience, choice, knowing what's there. Because that's what hip-hop, and not only hip-hop, but all music is about. Finding something that connects with your soul. So understanding this, then that, here's my next question. What song changed your life? And what song changed your perspective of life? Mm. Oh man, um, that that what's that BG song? Um, oh my God, BG. Yeah, the BGs. Um, PG Moore and and Yippa just redid the song. Oh my God, I gotta look that up. <laughs> I want to be able to tell you the song, man. Oh, wow. I can't believe I can't think of the name of the song. <laughs> it ain't there, never be another lover. It's not bad. Um, uh, wow. Wow. Can't think of it, man. How deep okay. is the world? How deep is your love? How deep is your love? I really need to. So I'm changing my whole life, man. Okay, how? Um, <clears throat> first of all, like I said, I, I, I was a singer by nature. So when I, first of all, when I heard the song, I didn't know those guys were white. So <laughs> I found it white. It really threw me off. But the harmonies, man, and the, and the lyrics of that song were like some of the most, it was so beautiful that I would listen to it over and over and over and over and it, it, it made me want to do um, music and excellence, and I was young when I heard it, so I was like, "Yeah, this is this is this is this is music in perfection right here." The band um, they didn't oversing it. Uh, uh, one harmony note wasn't overpowering another harmony note, and um, like I said, the words were beautiful, man. And I'm a writer first. I mean, I think that's what I pride myself in hip hop as. I, um, yeah, the flow's cute and all that, but I want to be able to write something really good that you can take the beat away and talk about what the words are saying. And that's how I felt like that with How Deep Is Your Love. So that was the song that changed your life. What song changed your perspective of life? Um, that would have to be an album. I think it was Stevie Wonder uh, in the Keys of Life album. In the Key of Life album. That album. That's the classic. Yeah, I think that really... Um, because Stevie wasn't just writing R&B. He was writing from a, a perspective of the world. But see, I can, like, I just listened to Marvin Gaye. Like, I'm a, I'm a music head, so I, I just listened to the whole Marvin Gaye, um, Mercy Me album in it. Yeah. That's a great album. And so it's hard to say, because I mean, music in, as a whole did that for me. It's kind of hard to pick an album, but if I got to narrow it down to man, it's either Marvin Gaye's Mercy Me album or Stevie's Songs in the Key of Life album. Okay. We got three more questions, and then we're going to fade out. My third to last question is this. What is the perfect what, what, what is the perfect music? Meaning, if this person or beat, if the music, if the person never came out with this song, it would have been your first single. Hmm. 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 
Jay-Z. Hard Not Life. Okay. When I first heard the NB, I was like, yo, I wish I'd have did that song. <laughs> okay. Now, would that cover your R&B and hip-hop side or just your hip-hop side? Oh. R&B side. Would you remember when Black Street came out with Before I Let You Go? Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I wish I'd have wrote that song. Because wow. we was with Leon at the time, like the guy that was helping with the Black Street album. They were working on that um, album. So that one, that one kind of hit personally because I'm like, yo, I wish I could have wrote that song. That, that was that was a pretty dope song, yo. Okay. I like it. I like it. That's what's up. Um, second to last question. How did you like being on Heritage Hip Hop, and would you recommend us to uh, other platform, uh, other artists to appear on our platform? I, I I enjoyed it because you know, first of all, um, you asked the perfect questions for the for the audience to get to know the artist. And not only um, would I recommend, I am going to rec- recommend some artists. I got a homeboy that just dropped a mixtape, so I'm definitely about to hit him up as soon as we get off the phone. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Heritage Hip Hop does not believe that. You don't have to, we don't believe you have to be Billboard Top 100 to get an interview. We believe in your music, we believe in your story, and everybody has a right to learn, everybody has a right to be taught, and everybody has a right to tell the world who they are and have their voice heard at least once in their life. So, mm. so that's how we feel and that's what we believe. So with that um, being asked, we've come to the last question of the first interview, which means we have an open door policy. You can always come back and be interviewed on our platform. Um, whenever you will drop a new album, a mixtape or something, America is always going to give us the means of conversation. And Nina Simone said a good or great artist's responsibility is to make music that reflects the times in which they're living in. So we will always have a story and a perspective to give if everyone pays attention to the life and the world they live in. You feel me? I, I believe that, bro. I told somebody in another interview that if the world was destroyed, and um, they happened to find my music. I, I would want my music to be able to let them see what was going on at the time we was here. So, so, yeah. so you know what? That's a perfect segue to the last question. So the last question is this. 2023, the hip-hop museums are opening up in the world, like in the Bronx and things like that. Let's say South Carolina has a music the Hall of Fame, and they find your music in the Hall of Fame. And someone asked, who is Jerusalem? I never heard of this guy. And they push the red button on, this, on, on the wall, and your hologram comes out, and they play your music. The last question, which you perfectly segue to, is what is the legacy you leave behind that made the world better because you made music? Um, I want them to be able to, when they push that red button, I want them to, to hear um, a passionate soul who was concerned about the well-being of his people, and he, he put it across in his music. So for everybody out there listening, oh, I'm sorry, you want to continue? No, that was it. Oh, so for everybody out there listening, remember, what you say and what you do has a lasting impact on the world. Because of your influence, you can make someone's life, you can break someone's life, or you can inspire change that gives life to many people all at once. So take your music and take your craft serious, because at the end of the day, God made you one of a kind. And that one that you are can lead to many lifetimes of blessings because you took your gift serious. With that being said, this is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop with Jerusalem.
album Hidden Treasures out right now. Make sure you go get that. Right now, go get it, man. Coach, I'm, um, the group Culture Freedom will be dropping something again soon, probably the end of the year, last quarter. So, you know, we got some new music coming out pretty soon. And new is always good. So with that being said, we say peace, and we out. Peace. After speaking with Jerusalem, we can see that music is about the conscience, but it's also about how it affects the people that listen to it. We make music that people can dance to, but we also make music that can make the mind develop as well. A good song can not only make you move your feet, but it can also move your mental compass to the next step as you consider not only the world you're immediately in, but the world that surrounds you that's bigger than your block or your city as well. So salute to Dillon, South Carolina, Team Jerusalem LLC, and Jerusalem himself. We thank you for listening to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast tonight, as not only we're coming back in October to do great things, but also highlighting artists that's taking their craft to the next level. So salute to Smoke in the City. Make sure you support Heritage Hip Hop and watch for Smoke in the City. Go to Smoke in the City TV on Instagram and look for the best versus battle out right now. It's not Ja Rule and Fat Joe. This was happening in North New Jersey. Salute to New Jersey. I'd like to give a shout out to everybody out there listening in every country, every publicist, every DJ. Salute to the Heat DJs, salute to the Fleet DJs, salute to the Mixtape Radio Show, A Squad, Rebel Radio, MJ Hip Hop Connects, the team that makes Heritage Hip Hop important and happen. And most importantly, you, because you help us build this great platform. This is Karev at Heritage Hip Hop saying make sure you subscribe to HeritageHipHop.com. Follow us on all social media at Heritage Hip Hop. And if you want to get some merch, go to storefrontier.com forward slash heritage hip hop because hoodie season is coming. And we want y'all looking good with our merch on as well. If you would like to be a sponsor or you want to get some sponsorship for Heritage Hip Hop, email me at Karev, K-A-R-E-V, at heritagehiphop.com. We're looking for sponsors and we're also looking for people who want to donate to the show as well. Our cash app is dollar sign Heritage Hip Hop. All right, everyone. It's been another great show and we thank you for listening. So, once again, this is Karebba Heritage Hip Hop saying peace and we out. Thank you for watching our presentation. We ask that you subscribe to our YouTube family and hit the notification bell for updates. Please like, comment, and share this video.